0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Be The Vessel podcast. My name is Daniel and I play the roles of channeler and intuitive psychologist, aiming to bridge all aspects of the healing arts while navigating my return journey to the stars. I interview those journeying through all aspects of healing, whether that be from more traditional Western frames or from a more spiritual or spirit-based connection. What I always find is that everyone is a bridge between worlds, a universe unto themselves, and a unique light that shines brightly for the collective. If you like what you hear and are interested in more of my offerings, consider joining the Be The Vessel community at patreon.com slash Dr. Daniel Atkins, where you will find various unique offerings bonus content, and podcasts such as my own channeled information and the new Be The Vessel healing series. May you find what you're looking for and remember the light within. And lastly, the views in this episode do not represent my personal views, nor are they to be taken as medical advice or scientific fact. Always do your own research, come to your own conclusions, and trust your own guidance. Tom Palladino is a scalar light researcher who claims that scalar light technology otherwise known as the divine source energy that creates all things and of which makes up the sun and the stars themselves, can be utilized to interface with our brainwaves and address emotional, psychological, and physical health issues. Tom states that this light source has a corrective or therapeutic intelligence based in the double helix form of a scalar wave, first discovered by Nikola Tesla. He states that the ratio and proportion of a scalar waveform is identical to the double helix design of human DNA, and therefore fundamental to the body's natural healing mechanisms. Tom began researching scalar energy in his undergraduate studies and has been working with his unique scalar light instrument since 1993, the design of which he attributes to a previous pioneer, Galen Hieronymus. If you are interested in exploring Tom's work, you can visit his website at scalarlight.com. Tom offers a free 15-day trial of scalar light sessions done remotely with only the use of a photograph. This episode covers a wide range of topics fueled by the possibility of free energy and advancement in the areas of light-based healing. May it be an invitation, a gift, and a medicine to consider a new frontier in the realm of energetics, light, and expansion. Hi Tom, welcome to the show and thanks so much for being here.
1: Doctor, it is my pleasure. thank you sir.
0: Um, so you have you have a really interesting story, a really interesting life path, uh, a really interesting life's work as you as you were just saying, something that you have fully committed to, something that takes all of you. Um, and so I'll be excited to to dig into this with you. So uh, really, the, I think the best place to start is just is what is scalar energy, and you know I think for me, just listening to um, you speak about it and and reading a bit into it, it it sounds like another word for divine source, what I might call divine source energy. But I'd love to hear you just speak to what what scalar energy means to you.
1: You are exactly correct. I'm not working with electricity. I am a scalar energy researcher. And what does that mean? It's a different dimension. It's a different. Spectrum of energy. Nikola Tesla was the first man to work with scalar energy. So, to be clear, I am a scalar energy researcher. I don't work with electricity. I work with another form of energy, scalar energy. And why do I do that? Because I see the, the potential. I see the incredible potential working with scalar energy as opposed to working with electricity. I made this my career path, as you stated. It's a path that I welcome. I love discovery, this is a new science, and here we go. We'll explain to your audience what this new science has to offer.
0: Beautiful. And so, a- as much as it is a new science, would you say it's also uh, an energy that's always existed, right? Would you say it's it's the energy that other traditions would know as prana or chi or ki, the same energy that forms the chakra systems and auras in our energetic bodies?
1: Yes, it's exactly. It's chi, it's prana. Some people call it zero-point energy. It's only a new science to, to academia today. Sadly, academia is, is, the, is the last person on the boat. But civilizations have realized that there's a primal force, chi, prana, um, the energy of the sun, the energy of the stars. And civilizations have grasped that idea. Now, this energy, to be very clear, it's massless. It's spirit-like. There's not one electron involved. So you might save yourself, well, what type of energy is that? It's non-physical divine essence. That's what we're working with.
0: Okay, and so when people refer, you know, and just to comment on scientists being the last uh, people on the boat, you know, it it, it does go hand in hand sometimes with the more rigorous and evidence-based you want to be, which is a useful part of the spectrum for our... um, discovery and expansion sometimes they're the last to catch up to things that others uh, more visionaries uh visionary adventurers and those with other lineages of uh information knowledge and healing um may know for uh for a while now so it appears it's it's the same energy that that energy healers would use uh to work with their hands or to set intention with yeah um or to uh, would you say it's also the same essence that uh, some physicists would refer to as the quantum field? Is that the same sort of energy we're, we're talking about here?
1: Precisely. That's what this is. It is the quantum field. Now, when we, we speak about this energy, we have to realize it's not Newtonian science, so it's a it's a new way of looking at physics. It's a new chapter of physics, frankly. And what I really find so enthralling is this. This energy is free, it's infinite, it is clean in application, so that one day if we make that transition from what I would call fossil fuels and electromagnetic engines and power-driven systems to a scalar-driven world, we will solve most of our problems.
0: Yeah, because a lot of our issues stem from uh, uh, a perceived scarcity of resources, is that right? That's
1: correct, exactly. Yeah,
0: and so would you say then that within the Western world, those who identify as quantum physicists would be closest to approaching
1: uh, this, this understanding of energetics? Yes, and thank God we have those quantum physicists who are beginning to realize that there's something besides the electromagnetic spectrum. For instance, there are some quantum physicists that who speak about plasma and they realize a plasma field is really an aberration according to newtonian science a plasma field plasma does not behave like electromagnetic energy and they're absolutely right what is plasma it's scalar energy it's divine essence so when an astrophysicist or a quantum physicist thinks about or speaks about a plasma field that's the quantum realm and again there's no electrons or protons involved, it's pure spirit.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and I think probably those physicists are doing their best to approach um, energetics from a spirit-based perspective with the only only framework they know of, which is material. So going smaller and smaller in material to come up with words like quanta or plasma to attempt to approach something that has no material and and so they're getting closer and closer and we'll see if they can cross over the bridge of recognizing that there is something beyond the material.
1: Exactly. But I don't see why this is so difficult, doctor. Thought, intention. When we think it's non-physical. Intention is non-physical. Meditation is non-physical. Well, the fact that we can think or meditate, that brings to mind there's a certain physics of thinking or intention which is non-physical which is plasma, scalar energy. So not everything in this universe involves the stream of electrons or some type of physical matter. Now, if you're a thinking scientist and you think a lot, then you should arrive at that conclusion. If you think that's a non-physical action, that's kind of obvious. And that action has to be directed by something such as plasma, scalar energy.
0: I'm with you on that. It, it does seem that the belief system of certain individuals and probably the, and the majority belief system on this planet to date has a limitation around that which we quote-unquote experience or know of to exist in terms of thoughts, and we can even put emotions in that category. There is a limitation to see them as as real as things that you can feel and touch and know with the senses, even though most would agree that they are highly influential, if not the most influential aspects of our experience, thinking and feeling. Uh, But some, when asked to, in a way, quantify or explain that, will come back to material foundations like the brain, rather than accessing a possible framework that allows things like the brain to be vessels for that which may come before it, which might be scalar energy or divine source energy or consciousness flowing through and activating these supercomputers, which contribute um, immensely to how the consciousness or the scalar energy is held within the body and expressed, but is not necessarily the source. Of these energies.
1: Yes. When we study the mind, when we study behavior, obviously the mind is non physical. Thought, as a psychologist, you well realize this thoughts, intention, drive, whether it's drive for ambition or drive for love or drive for money, whatever those thoughts that really undergird our behavior, that we have to concentrate on that those instructions, those thoughts set into motion the eventual physical and material world that we build upon. Well, if, if my instrument, the scalar energy instrument, can access that realm of consciousness or thought, I think that's notable. And this is what I'm saying to the audience. I have developed scalar energy instruments. They're so powerful that they can illuminate the human mind. In, in the past, I've been able to illuminate light bulbs with my instrument. Why? Because it's so powerful.
0: Oh, wow. So just to be clear for the audience, I'm watching you demonstrate that
1: as, as we speak. So a scanner energy instrument can illuminate a light bulb. Well, do you think it can illuminate the mind and the chakras and our subconscious mind? Of course. Why do I reiterate time time and time again? The, the key to our understanding of the universe begins with thought, instructions. What, what sets into motion all action? It has to be some type of instruction, some type of intelligence. This is the key, people. This is the overarching consideration, to my work at least. Scalar thought, scalar intelligence is the cause for all action physical and non-physical action.
0: Yeah, and so it sounds like helping those who need a hand in crossing over the bridge is uh, is el- uh, illuminating or elucidating the idea that our thought can actually be the source of creation rather than a product of creation rather rather than a th- rather than our thinking or our meaning meaning making being a product of the physical or the material, which certainly the physical and the material influences our thought, uh, helping some comprehend the possibility that thought arose first, that thought arose prior to the material and even prior to the consciousness arriving in human form, and to help those see that, that those elements are as real, if not more real, Uh, than what we consider to be physical and in the physical realm.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'll I'll give an analogy for your audience. Before you build a home or a factory, you have architectural plans. Now, we have many beautiful homes and country clubs, schools and churches and factories, but it all started with a thought. And those thoughts had to take their form on architectural plans. So the template, the blueprint is very important. It decides the final outcome. Well, I'm here to say that the template, the the thought process, is scalar energy for everything. I I will make this notation. Scalar energy, is it's actually been photographed. It's a double helix. And scalar energy is the exact ratio and proportion to our DNA. So it's my belief that the motif, the thought, the architectural plans for our DNA is scalar energy. In other words, DNA is a standing wave of scalar energy.
0: That's, that's fascinating. How, how, was it, how was it that you saw that photographed as, uh, as a helix?
1: With Curly and photography, I was not the photographer, but they slowed down the, 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 uh, the, the aperture and they were actually able to capture what appeared to be a double helix. And if you look at the ratio and proportion, it's identical to that of human DNA.
0: Wow. Okay. And so um, I'm a novice in a lot of this, but Kirlian photography is the same photography that's able to uh, showcase the chakras and the aura. Yes. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Kirlian photography, is it's, it's, it's quite incredible. Some people with Kirlian photography have been able to photograph the aura or the light field from people animals, plants, all types of organisms have this light field. And it's my contention, in photography is photographing scalar energy.
0: Right, right. And so, yeah, just to go back to that point around helping those across the bridge of a new framework for our essence is to see and truly understand that what is immaterial in terms of thoughts, emotion, energies, etc., contains energy as much as does the physical vessel or material things just a a, a different nature of energy or energy further along the spectrum which will uh, lead into another question which is you've been speaking to it a bit already but can you help me understand the difference between what we refer to as electromagnetic energy and scalar or divine source energy.
1: if, If we were to look at the creation of energy, all stars create or storehouses, if you will, of scalar energy, a double helix. Therefrom, if that scalar wave will break down, it will break down into electricity and magnetism. So if you can imagine a double helix that would transmute or convert into electricity and magnetism, in which one arm becomes an electrical component and the other becomes magnetic. It's as simple as that. Now, this instrument that I have is able to take an electrical current and reconvert it into a scalar double helix. So what's the point? Nature does this all the time. Scalar energy, a double helix, can degrade, can break down into electricity and magnetism. It's that simple. And this is why we see the transition from scalar to an electromagnetic force field is, is very benign. There's no release of heat. It's, it's what I would consider to be almost imperceptible, at least here in, in this world on Earth. All of that leads to my contention that scalar energy and electricity have a bioconversion. You can convert one into the other.
0: And so it, it, it sounds like you're saying that so these energies are not uh categorically different they are along a wider spectrum it is just that scalar or divine source energy is the origin or the precursor to what is then uh broken down and understood i don't know if you would say in a
1: lower density um as electromagnetic energy that's a good way of putting it why not you know it's a new science we need a new dictionary so Bravo, doctor. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Now, that makes perfect sense. Why not start with non-physical thought, scalar energy, and eventually arrive to electromagnetic energy that entails the, the movement of electrons, that entails the, the, if you will, periodic table. So we go from the higher form, scalar energy, it degrades into electromagnetic energy, which is mass which is mass dependent energy.
0: It seems that this would be maybe a more um neutral way for those with religious those who are resistant to religious ideas to make sense from an energetic perspective the creation process from what we commonly refer to as god, right? Um commonly referred to as some source of universal intelligence that created the stars, created uh, the planets, and created human beings, but to strip away some of the religious connotation and see it as a spectrum of energetics.
1: You're right. Some people, they rely upon faith to understand the world. Others rely upon reasoning. I, I get that. That's, 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 we, we can understand that. Now, what what's my point? This science scalar energy, the non physical spiritual realm, will prove the physical realm, the electromagnetic realm, and vice versa. So, what am I saying? Scalar energy really will be the bridge between faith and reason. I have
0: I have felt intuitively that energetics would be the entryway into uh, greater understanding and openness to the spiritual realm that energetics could really be the bridge between uh what we refer to as science or western science or evidence-based science and the spiritual realm as uh more technologies like yours develop and allow us to see and witness with um with our own eyes with our own senses uh the existence of an energetic realm and field does does it have uh, as I was just doing a little reading last night, the notion of crystalline structure was popping into my mind, and I might have seen that mentioned in a few places. Does does this, does scalar energy have something to do with why uh, we have, why some in spiritual communities love Crystals or love uh, crystalline structure, which I'm not super clear on. But uh, does crystalline structure exist in the body, and does that have something to do with holding more scalar
1: energy? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. What I've experienced with scalar energy, that a crystal, quartz crystal, will amplify a scalar wave to the point that I use quartz crystal with my instruments. This is a quartz crystal that I actually insert inside my Tesla coil and. To that point, this quartz crystal will amplify the scalar wave. Now, that once again gives credence, if this is a scientific principle, and it is, it gives credence to the world of meditation, the world of, if you will, religion, in which people believe that a quartz crystal captures information and magnifies that information. You're absolutely right. So this is a bridge between science science and spirituality.
0: Yeah, I love that, and that was what I was sensing. So what is it about crystals? Is it about their their structure, their coherence, if you will, that allows them to hold, um, I don't know what you would say, larger amounts or more purified amounts of source energy?
1: Yes, all of that above, yes. And let me add, crystal, diamonds, rubies, precious stones are set into place they are immutable they cannot undergo chemical decomposition including other other uh, elements such as gold so these these finer forms diamonds rubies amethysts sapphire gold these are locked into place and their geometry cannot be altered they cannot corrode they cannot rust if you set a diamond on your table and came back a thousand years, that diamond would not break down. It would not in any way decompose. So it appears that there are materials in the physical world that are incorporated and embodied with scalar energy to the point that they are eternal or immortal, call it what you will. They cannot that's the steady state. You cannot change their structure. Now obviously if if you smashed a diamond, that's something Different. That's really
0: fascinating. I actually never considered that that they do not decay. um and I've heard others refer to uh crystals and other things on that level of energy as as um what would it be the the first density or the first um dimension, if you will, of source, which is like the beginning but also kind of the end because it's circular so it 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 contains sort of. Uh, source energy. It doesn't have this sort of expanded mind consciousness that, that we have. Uh, it more so just receives and holds and amplifies. Um, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's eternal. I did not consider that. That's pretty cool. Um, is there? Does, does this structure exist at all in the human body?
1: Yes. Yes, it does. Again, I believe our DNA is a standing wave of scalar energy. I believe our meridians, our seven chakras, are seven points of light. Now, going back to Curlian photography, some people have had their meridians or their chakras photographed. And invariably, those chakras are spinning, just like the double helix of scalar energy spins. So my contention is, scalar energy animates us, soul, mind, and body. And our spinning chakras are caused by the spinning vortex, the double helix of scalar energy. Once the world realizes how intimate scalar energy, scalar light is to our living, our being, our existence, soul, mind, and body, this will be embraced. Scalar energy will, will be considered maybe the missing link that we've been looking for.
0: So then as scalar energy uh, is then said to animate or be embedded on some level uh, 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 as as uh consciousness within the within the dna within the cells would you would you explain it or say that then uh from that source our bodies were uh designed to decay they were they were designed to to die there's an aspect of us which is eternal being the source energy but how they developed um, further into the physical realm were designed to uh, to die out.
1: Uh, I, I come from a Christian background. Here's my take. Adam and Eve were or the first man and woman were immortal. They were perfect scalar energy beings. They, they were in the steady state. And their fall from grace introduced electromagnetic energy. So if we go back to the Garden of Eden, it was a perfect energy field. The only force field that existed was scalar energy, which uh, which proves now how you could transition from an immortal being to a mortal being.
0: And so I know that in in some of the Christian faith, it's identified as uh, sinfulness or kind of wrongdoing that that we ended up um, outside of the garden. But is that your perspective that it was somehow wrong that we ended up uh, here or or would you say that it was a natural process for the source energy to learn through the process of, of life and death in the physical form that we know it now?
1: I, I think we lost grace. That's that's the key. We had a greater degree of grace and, and holiness. And I think God is trying to bring us back to that place of perfection. So make no mistake about this. I do believe that there were the original if you will, parents, Adam and Eve, and they were in this perfect state and we've lost that perfect state. So I believe someday we'll go back to that perfect state in which you're you're nothing but a scalar energy environment. You're immersed in scalar energy. And that's part of my research to get away from the decay, the disease and death. And to go back into pure intention, pure instruction, nothing can go wrong in a perfect scalar energy environment. Nothing.
0: Okay. Well, I think we can agree on the idea that one day we shall return and that we are um, in time entering uh, new discoveries of how to reduce or eliminate decay or at least illness and disease because it may still be appropriate for... um, uh, us in the human form to experience death i think uh from my perspective i would not see it as um wrong or as a fall i would see it as a necessary part of the process for us to learn about mortality or really for source to learn about mortality through um the the human life the the shorter lifespan for souls to incarnate and learn lessons that way rather than the uh, perennial state of perfection in which there may not be as much learning. So that's kind of the way I'd see it. But um but yeah, I hear you. And I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to return. I'm excited to to learn what we need to do to to return to to grace or to inhabit it uh in the human form. So at this point, uh, I think it makes sense to for us to backtrack a little bit into your origins. I believe you, know, you cite Nikola Tesla a lot, and I believe you discovered him and his work as an undergrad. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. As a youngster, actually, go on, sure.
0: Yeah, and so um, how were how were you guided to Tesla, and how how and to his work, and how did and uh, how did it strike you?
1: God has always given me a, a, an inquisitive spirit. And I always had the ability to abstract. So when I started to read about Tesla and his works were rather esoteric, especially later in his life, I realized Tesla later in his life was working with scalar energy. Now, if you look at his inventions later in life, there's no moving parts. He got away from kinetic energy. Scalar energy is the kinetic energy that you want to use. So with Tesla's later devices, there's no induction motor there's no armature. So what's the point here? That's that's the research that I really gravitate towards. Research with something that does not have an electrical motor, there's no moving parts, as my instruments are no moving parts, you're simply capturing the energy of the stars. Well, that's a lot better than than having to to grease a transmission or to rotate tires, etc., etc. Why not just work with the Energy itself. Why try and create the energy from coal and oil and gas, etc.?
0: So, did that insight sort of dawn on you all at once, right away? Because that's some pretty high-level
1: yeah.
0: um, thinking, or or did it or did it develop in time as you were sort of just drawn to his efforts?
1: I, I have to say, I was gifted. It dawned on me at a very early age, at a young age, and rather quickly, because I would look at his inventions. For instance, Tesla had a tower by the name of Wardenclyffe Tower, in which he was able to transmit power in a wireless capacity, which was a scalar energy tower in Long Island, New York. Now I've looked at photographs, hundreds of photographs of this Wardenclyffe Tower. There's no wires, there's no substation, there's no source of energy, there's no moving parts. It's simply a tower that captures the star energy. I said to myself, "This is not, has nothing to do with an electrical substation. This has nothing to do with electricity." It was rather apparent to me. He captured free energy. Cliff was a free energy distribution system.
0: Okay, and so while I am not smart enough in this particular way to under to truly uh, verify or validate that, I will say that i I did do a little research online. And while it's not widely available, um, the, the the notion of scalar waves it is um, attributed to Tesla. Interestingly, a lot of what shows up on the internet are like government agencies of defense, like FBI and CIA writing
1: about this, which I also found interesting. Are you familiar with, uh, with
0: their involvement in any
1: of these studies? I don't interface with those organizations. I work independently, but I will say this when people finally realized what Tessa had achieved, which was to be able to control a star and what that means for mankind, free energy for the world. Well, you could see why many agencies, including government agencies, are very interested in this line of work.
0: I certainly can. I certainly could see that. Um, Yeah, pretty interesting that they're just some publicly available uh studies uh, you know sort of attributed to these government agencies just just exploring the possibility and not and really not denying uh the possibility of of scalar waves but attempting to understand it seemingly going back to uh 70s 80s possibly um, I'm not sure if you know more about the timeline of how um the user study of scalar waves uh progressed from Tesla but how did how did your Um, relationship to these ideas in your ultimate work progress since you you discovered it at such a young age did you pursue studies uh, uh, in college or university around this area
1: yeah I, i really tried to if you will make this type of research my center point even throughout my undergraduate years i said to myself i have to get a degree sure and i have to still work for a living but my overarching consideration has always been free energy for mankind so what really set me over the top in my 30s, I was very fortunate to meet what is known as the Hieronymus family. Hieronymus, Galen Hieronymus, was an American inventor. I did not meet him, but I met his family. And they were working with scalar energy instruments. Galen Hieronymus is one of the few fide scalar energy researchers. And the Hieronymus family took me under their wing. And ultimately, the Hieronymus family would sell me scalar energy instruments. So I did not have to invent these instruments. I simply took their prototype and improved upon it.
0: I did read the name Hieronymus in some of your writing. It honestly sounded like a Greek myth. So I was not sure if you were referring to an actual person or just like way back some um, (laughs) mythical Greek person or like a a Socrates type figure who spoke of this kind of energy. But you're referring to a real person with the last name Hieronymus?
1: Uh, Hieronymus and and if you will, then his name had to be some type of a derivative of hierophant, meaning high priest. Hieronymus was really the, the high priest of scalar energy in his day. And he was highly regarded by the U.S. government. He actually worked with the U.S. government back in the 40s and 50s and 60s with scalar energy instruments. And uh, there was quite an interest in his work, but with, with his passing, the family is no longer interested in that type of work.
0: Okay, yeah, because I tried to do a little uh, digging on who the, the person was, but wasn't able to. What what's their full name?
1: Hi- uh, Hieronymus Galen Hieronymus H I E R O N Y M U S Galen Hieronymus. He actually achieved a U.S. patent for his instrument in 1949, and at one time he was working with NASA. He was able to track the Apollo Eleven astronauts with a Hieronymus scanner energy instrument by way of the photographs of the astronauts. So Galen Hieronymus, he's rather prolific. And again, there was a time in his career, he worked closely with the United States government, but with his, uh, with his death, nothing has really come of that.
0: Okay. Well, I'll see if I can do a little digging with the full name. Uh, his relationships with NASA is certainly very interesting. Um, as I do, Personally, feel that NASA knows knows a lot more than uh than meets the eye or what they've been able to share at this point. Uh, so yeah, I'll see if I can come up with some studies or articles to point people to and in, in his work. Uh, and so uh, it, this was in your 30s that you came upon the Hieronymus family and were able to work with them. Is that right?
1: That's correct. At age 33, today I'm 63, so I've been working hands on with Scatter energy instruments now for 30 years. And I attribute much of that to the advancement that Hieronymus achieved and the fact that I could work with his instruments. The instrument that I have in my laboratory is a prototype of a Hieronymus instrument. So to illustrate, I am not the original inventor.
0: 33 is a powerful age, the Jesus year, yes. as they say, the master That's number. Um, okay, and so Hieronymus was the precursor to your own development or uh, advancement of the of this technology of this instrument and so how did you how did you go from there how did did you learn from him and his family as to how to develop the instrument and work with it
1: yes I did um, his wife Sarah Hieronymus took me under her wing and she taught me the if you will the ins and outs of scatter energy I owe so much to her and she actually gave me some of Galen's notes it, it was if you will a you know, it's, it was a gold mine that I stepped into. And I was fortunate enough, God led me down this path. I'm, I was fortunate enough to figure all of this out. And then to, if you will, over the years, recreate his inventions and bring to light his discoveries, the discoveries of Tesla, now my new discoveries from these two scientists. The, the key to our work is this it takes a great deal of work it's painstaking, it's groundbreaking, it's well worth it. But sadly, so few people have taken this up. There's so few genuine scatter energy researchers.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there has not been enough of a shift in the collective belief system or the collective consciousness to uh, embrace or, or bridge fully into this world yet. Although, I get a sense that it's it's coming because I was poking around a little bit and there are other individuals working with these kinds of energetics um either naming it scalar energy or naming it uh some aspect of quantum field work so it's definitely bubbling up in at least uh the spiritual communities and and um aspects of thought that I'm interested in and and I sense there the, the time may be coming a sort of um a re-entering the time of Atlantis, if you will, uh, where there may be a larger openness and understanding of, of the existence of energetics and technology. So so we shall see. Um, Tom, would you mind uh, going into a bit more detail as to how your instrument actually works?
1: It's an environment. That's the key. When I work with this instrument, I enjoy a scatter energy environment as opposed to an electromagnetic environment. Now, when I work with people, I work exclusively through a photograph of a person. Why scalar energy can pick out a scalar energy dimension or a signature on anything, including a photograph. I prefer to work with photographs. The instruments that Hieronymus and I design only work with photographs. Now, to be clear, when I take a person's photograph and place it inside a scalar energy instrument, the photograph makes a connection in that dimension, a scalar energy dimension. So what am I getting at? A photograph allows a person to bi-locate. That's right. You can be in two places at once with a scalar energy instrument. Now, I never work with people in person. It's That'd be too cumbersome, too expensive. But people will email me their photograph, and I will be able to make a connection to their force field. So to illustrate The instrument does not work biologically. It works energetically with force fields, energy fields found on photographs. So this is a new way of quantum physics, of quantum wellness, where we work at the higher level, the spiritual level, the non-physical level. We're not working at the biological level. Now, why is that important? Because I believe the spiritual level eventually will give instructions to the biological level. So I would much rather work on a higher plane, the spiritual level, the level of information or intention to eventually, if you will, downstream instruct the physical realm.
0: And it seems like a, a an appropriate... Parallel would be the way that uh, certain individuals, I would say myself included, work as channels in terms of downloading clairvoyant information from the spiritual realm to be born into the physical, rather than those also important who will study the physical to create um, or to test hypotheses about thought. Uh, There are those of us who simply are open to receiving uh, thought wisdom from uh, higher realms of light, higher dimensional planes and densities.
1: Yes, you're right. So when we're considering this, it's the realm of thought, intention, non-physical intelligence. And when I work at these instruments, I am able to transcend time and space. Now that's so important because there's no impediments with my work. If I take my photograph or the photograph of a hundred people and place them inside the instrument, there's no boundary as to what I can do. And if I wanted to place inside the instrument a photograph correspondingly, side by side, a photograph of a vitamin, I could download riboflavin from a photograph of riboflavin into the photograph of the people. So to be clear, it's not a chemical process. Rather, I take two photographs it's always intention. It's always instructions. And the energy found on the photograph of a vitamin will download into the photograph of people. So what, what what does that all mean? It means we're beyond physical action. It is always non-physical instruction. So non-physical instructions can take the place of physical action.
0: So how, how would you describe that process you just mentioned of... uh? sort of downloading uh your instrument downloading the energetic information of the B vitamin and uh implanting it, if if you will, into the individuals receiving it. Is it just the the in the energetic uh information of the vitamin being downloaded into the uh energetic body of the person to then direct uh the the physical vessel to Uh, act as if um, the physical vitamin is being received and either created or
1: create space for it? Yes, all of that, all of that. So receiving this instruction of riboflavin, I believe in theory the ambient elements of my body, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, are rearranged into riboflavin. Some people call that transmutation. So the building blocks are already in us, or already in our quantum field carbon, oxygen, sulfur, nitrogen, hydrogen. And the scalar instructions tell those building blocks to rearrange into a molecular formula, or at least do so through intelligence, into the shape or into the energetic pattern of riboflavin. Now, I can't prove that my work will actually do that physically or non-physically. And the key to my work is I've never experienced a chemical overdose with what I'm doing. I've never experienced any toxic shock or any type of chemical reaction. So I contend when I download riboflavin into a person, it's not a chemical. It's pure light. It's pure instructions. It has a quasi-like effect of that of a chemical. But keep in mind, and this is crucial, I've never had an overdose. I've never experienced any flush or any type of Uh, dizziness with my work or inflammation that would be construed as a chemical action. So even when I'm downloading a vitamin, it still remains a non-physical instructions that will not produce a chemical reaction, a favorable or an unfavorable chemical reaction. This is a new way of looking at reality. Instead of getting our vitamins from food or from a vitamin pill, we receive it from light i
0: have i have heard of this idea before though i also have a sense that uh, uh you know on our way for the human species to receive uh sustenance from more pure light forms we may still need a balance of material forms on our way because the body is still used to receiving food and nutrients um in material forms but but so how if you cannot Uh, prove this in one way or another through uh, chemical output,
1: how do you validate uh, in your own way that this is being received? That's a good point. The only way I can validate that are testimonies. Now, to be clear, I can't measure the energy. There's no statistical data for that reason. I've never been able to see it with my naked eye or feel it, so I can't sense it, so to speak, with the five senses. The only way I can prove this efficacy is through testimonies of people. And that in and of itself obviously is is subjective. But after receiving over 4,000 testimonies from people around the world, we know that we're doing something that's quite advantageous, that there's no harmful side effects, that this is a new science of well-being that still um, requires a greater understanding, even a definition to begin with, as to what. What quite precisely is going on with Scalar Energy Wellness?
0: Right. So to be fair, this does require some openness or um, intuitive guidance or just personal healing experience in the listener to to receive this. But that is sort of how this realm of knowing, this realm of technology has um, slowly but surely come into existence, into form, whether it's people with near-death experiences or people identified as clairvoyants or experiencing different realms in meditation or experiencing energetic healing, like you describe. It it comes from a source within or a guidance of knowing that cannot yet be validated, but may one day be. And so it sounds like for you at the moment, you have uh, the instrument to be a vessel for the light, but you do not uh, or we, do not yet have instruments available to test or see the output of such energies. Is that right?
1: That's precise. That's that's very astute. And furthermore, nobody has my instruments, so nobody's been able to duplicate my work. Now, this goes back to an earlier statement. I wish a greater number of people would take this up. Frankly, I have no peers, and hence I can't provide any peer-reviewed paper or any peer-reviewed study. So I am The only researcher right now with this type of instrumentation, I survived, if you will, with a Hieronymus instrument. It was a patented instrument. Nobody else has taken up, not to my knowledge, the work of Dr. Hieronymus. Now, if this energy controls the instructions of the universe, well, I think other researchers need to take note of that and get involved.
0: Okay. Well, that's an open invitation for any (laughs) other, any listeners who are interested in, in joining uh, Tom's life work and research in this area. You know, you'll, you'll know where to reach out in the, in the um, show notes. Um, uh, So I am curious more about this Dr. Hieronymus. Like, do you know more about him? Like what, What was his journey? What did he study? How did he get into this?
1: Galen Hieronymus is very inquisitive. He was one of the first radio engineers in the United States. He began his career as a radio engineer, as an electrician. He became a master electrician. He worked for the Kansas City Power and Light Company. Just a brilliant man. But during his studies, he discovered that there was another force besides an electrical force And he was able to develop crude, but nonetheless functioning scatter energy instruments that did not rely upon any energy from the electromagnetic spectrum. And he started small, but later in his life, his instruments were strong enough that they could levitate. Some of his instruments were so powerful with a scatter energy force field, if you negate gravity with scatter energy, you can levitate. And he was able to demonstrate levitation.
0: Well, that's a pretty powerful claim. That reminds me of some of the uh, Vedic tests, texts or the yogis who would um, proclaim such things as well through through intensive meditation. Uh, when did when did uh, when did Galen live? When was uh, when was he alive and discovering this?
1: He was born in eighteen ninety five. He died in nineteen eighty eight. Had a very virtuous and prolific life. Um, I would say that his, his early experimentations in the 30s and 40s really gave him a, a clear sign that scatter energy, what he called eloptic energy, was real, was, was valid. He did achieve a US patent in 1949. So by that time, he was well advanced with this science. And it's a shame that all of his, his, his discoveries, every milestone that he accomplished, including that of Tessa and other scatter energy researchers, was poorly understood. If we understand this energy and realize this offers free energy to the world, then we should take up this research. We should continue on with the work of Tessa, Hieronymus, and other inventors. I am saying to your audience, without equivocation, scalar energy will solve so many problems. Scalar energy will catapult us into the era of peace, into this era of virtue and harmony. Imagine we don't have to fight over oil anymore. Why? The energy of the stars is the new power source. There's an abundance of stars. We're never gonna go to war over a star. This is going to be it, my friend. Doctor, make no mistake about it. Scatter energy will change the social order. Okay,
0: well, you heard it, folks. Um <laughs> I I I will I will, you know, I, I know that these 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 claims are pretty um pretty uh pretty big. Pretty big, but I will validate in my own way that I'm I'm interested in the realm of channeling and I follow some channelers and some that I trust, namely one uh, Daryl Anka who channels Bashar, has pretty much said exactly that, that we will soon discover free energy, which will resolve a lot of worldly conflict. So um, I do see it being verified uh, from different sources. So it makes sense that it would come from this This energy and maybe even this exact instrumentation. Uh could you could you say a little more, Tom, about what is the instrument? What's it made out of, and how does it actually read the signature of uh or the scalar light signature of photographs?
1: Dr. Hieronymus is always keen on using vacuum tubes. Why? A vacuum tube allows the standing wave to to be created. You have to recreate nature or the universe. So inside that vacuum tube, essentially what we've done is we've recreated a scalar wave. So this is not solid state circuitry. We're not using microprocessors. We're able to take a standing wave, send it through the Tesla coils. Once it's amplified by the Tesla coils, it's demonstrated that it's very strong energy, so strong you can illuminate a light bulb. So the key is, I won't get into the schematics right now, The key is I followed Dr. Hieronymus's plans. I was able to take the standing wave, recreate it in a vacuum tube, send it through Tesla coils and to amplify it. Once it's in this Tesla coil, it, it interfaces with the paradigm. That is, once you create a standing wave, you're part of that matrix, you're part of that dimension. You do not need a satellite. This is the scalar energy dimension. you connect with the universe of scalar energy. Hence, it's not necessary to have substations and satellites and telephone poles and electrical wires. It's a presence.
0: So then, uh, why why the photograph? Why not if it's if the energy exists within us and within all things as as many. Uh, say about the nature of divine source energy or consciousness. Why not just intention or, or something of that sort?
1: When you pray for a person, you're sending a scalar wave to them, or, or when you have a good intention or you send somebody love and affection, that's a scalar wave. My instrument is also an instrument of love or intention, but I have to tell the instrument where to send, where to project its energy. And the photograph is, if you will, projecting or instructing the instrument to find that person's aura, to find that person's force field. So we do this mentally. We can pray for somebody at a distance. This instrument can work with somebody at a distance, but you have to instruct it. You have to tell it by way of a person's photograph.
0: So you're not saying it's limited to the photograph, but the photograph is the best medium or vessel you have found to... Provide um instruction or focus point for the instrument.
1: That's correct, absolutely.
0: And it, it it sounds like you've received a good amount of testimony, testimonies or anecdotal stories. Would would you care to share any healing stories that come to mind, or stories of your own?
1: We've been working with a HIV clinic. It's known as Om Prakash, Om Prakash HIV AIDS clinic in Delhi, India, and people from Delhi, India send me email me their photographs i've never been to india by the way and by taking a photograph of the people from own precaution matching it up if you will to the hiv virus we're able to download the energy of the hiv virus into the energy field of the people it's not a chemical process it's always energetic and after matching up of the photograph of HIV to the photograph of the people who are HIV positive, the people tell us that they feel better. So what are the results? Well, these people who were treated with scatter energy by way of their photograph report to us that they no longer have a viral load for HIV.
0: Well, that's a powerful claim. Um And while that is a, 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 a very powerful claim, I will say I've heard similar stories with other uh healing modalities, namely that of pranic healing, which is a, an energetic healing modality I was trained in myself. So um, it's not out of reach for my mind. I'm sure it may be out of reach for others, unless they were literally able to see the proof of, of the decrease in viral load and things like that. I mean, have you seen evidence of the decrease or elimination of the viral load? Or is that just anecdotal from uh, sh- uh, shares that you've heard?
1: On our website, we have PCR tests. We probably have 100 PCR tests for HIV, herpes, et cetera. Of people who submitted their PCR tests to us, and they tell us, this independent laboratory have nothing to do with the laboratory testing. They no longer have a viral load. So if, if you go to our website, you'll see hundreds of PCR tests.
0: Okay. So folks will have to make of that what they will and, and uh, can either choose to trust that uh, source of evidence or not, but pretty, uh, pretty cool. I will say personally, pretty cool. Um, how did you come into contact with this Om Prakash organization?
1: We have uh, agents, friends around the world, and we try to work um, with charities and NGOs. And uh, we've worked with over 5,000 people at this clinic in Delhi, India, and all PCR test. All of those test results now Are proving to be negative, no viral load for everybody at the clinic.
0: Okay, well, that's pretty incredible. It certainly seems like if that is true, there should be more interest and engagement with these kinds of technologies and healing powers. So maybe, uh, maybe there will be. Um, I've also seen on your website that you you do seem to list every ailment under the sun that can be addressed, which, you know, I guess on one level does make sense that if it's if it's divine source energy. If it's consciousness itself, it should not be limited to any categorization of ailments or disease. So is the idea that it can work with any condition of the human body?
1: It it has to. And why? Because what gave rise to physical matter, what gave rise to a medical condition? It's scalar energy. So what is disease? It's it's the wrong scalar instruction. If we have the, the proper scalar download, you can you should be able to cure any disease. Now, I only work at the energetic level with photographs. And again, a photograph is a bi-located version of a person. But I'm having great success with a bi-located version, which is your energy copy of photograph. Now, in the future, if you wanna prove this clinically, we're not gonna use this photographs. A photograph is again, the energy copy. We're gonna use people in a clinic physically present with a scalar energy instrument. Now, that's the different signs. I've never worked with people in my life. So if you want to prove this clinically, then you have to work with people in person. I've never worked clinically with anybody in person.
0: I do feel that there are some clinics like like that that exist as I was just doing a little research online that they may not have your instrumentation, but um, I I stumbled on some clinics that do work in person with forms of of light. Uh, so it would be interesting to to see what, what they're up to and, and how they might be uh, experiencing results based on the the in-person process. Is that
1: somewhere you'd like to go? Something you'd like to experience? Uh, eventually, you're going to have to do that. And I'll tell you why. Some people will always say, how can you make a connection between a person and a photograph? Well, according to rigorous scientific protocol, you can't. I can't prove that my photograph connects to a person. So, if I'm going to prove this clinically, I'm going to have to have an instrument in a clinic, a scanner energy instrument, that's working with people who are HIV positive. And after working with those people clinically in person, then and only then can we say, well, there was a direct interface with this instrument and the physical person. Let's see what the results are. For modern day science to make this jump or to make this if you will link this correlation between a photograph and a person that's too much of a jump
0: yeah so for for clinical validity for exposure uh and accessibility to where our collective belief system is at or the belief system of scientists or the ones doing uh more traditional evidence-based study uh the in-person opportunity will be necessary which which makes sense and and so uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll get there soon. Um one other area I wanted to explore was a bit out in the realms of more spiritual phenomena like uh ET beings and UFOs and things like that and I've heard from numerous reports that these um entities if you will they are they they appear to be made of light a, a different kind of light I, I have a sense of what you're going to say, which is that these beings have a maybe a higher resonance or capacity for scalar energy, and that maybe they uh, they travel um, or emit this kind of energy as well. Is that is that what you would say?
1: Precisely. Anytime you see a, if if you will, what is considered a UFO or an unidentified flying object that can materialize and dematerialize. What is that? That's a that's a plasma field. Why is it dematerializing? It's, it's, if you will, apparent by way of a plasma, and then it dissipates as a plasma field. Or, or when you can see a rapid acceleration or a deacceleration of a UFO, an unidentified flying object. Well, you can only do that if you can suspend the laws of gravity. And that's what scalar energy does. Scalar energy subdues will negate the laws of gravity so you can move about in an anti-gravity environment no longer subject to the laws of gravity or g-forces if you will and you can accelerate and deaccelerate at at a rapid pace at a rapid speed all of that calls to mind that these unidentified flying objects in many cases are using scalar propulsion scalar energy
0: I wonder if the uh, continued uncovering or revealing, I I use those words intentionally because I do believe organizations like NASA know uh, a lot more than they're comfortable sharing at this time. But uh, as we enter a time of more uncovering or revealing of um, these entities, these beings, these UFOs, That may, in a way, in an almost sort of ironic way, create more accessibility for understanding of energetics and scalar light as um, our collective opens to the existence of these beings and an explanation of the phenomena that we could not explain using our current understanding of physics or just electromagnetic energy. So I'll be curious to see the intersection between more revealing, more uncovering, of um, the this spiritual phenomena and its intersection with with scalar light and scalar
1: energy. Now, now you see we see the big potential. Scalar energy eventually will be used as transportation. If you can negate gravity, you can travel at five hundred thousand miles an hour without an accident. You cannot have a collision in an anti gravity environment. So, anti gravity, if you will. Transportation is not only safe, but it's essentially inexpensive. It's free energy, and you don't need a highway. There's no encumbrance now.
0: <laughs> well, I, I just it, it just popped into my mind that it's unfortunate that there's already a Tesla car because it feels like the real Tesla car should be the one that runs on scalar energy, unless unless Elon wants to pick up that pursuit.
1: Well, give Elon Musk credit for at least seeing the the brilliance of. Tesla naming his company Tesla Motors. Good for him.
0: Sure, sure. He can he can get credit there. <laughs> uh, he's got some other issues to work out, but uh, yeah, maybe look, maybe we'll maybe we'll find our way soon into the into some with the power and ambition uh, and openness to explore scalar energy in all forms, and and what a world that would be. So. Actually, that sort of brings me to this other area I did want to explore, Tom, about Earth itself and where it's going. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Schumann resonance or what is referred to as sort of the vibrational frequency of the planet, as well as um, because you because I've heard you say that um, though uh, scalar energy does not originate uh, from the sun because it, it originates at the source of all things. But... Uh, I believe I've heard you say the sun is one of the most potent places we receive it from. Is that right? Yes,
1: that's correct. That's correct. Yes, yes.
0: So then uh, I've heard many mention, and this is not a super spiritual phenomena. This is also just a more natural physical phenomena as understood uh, by scientists that there is an increase in solar flare activity happening on our planet and uh, expected to increase in the years to come. Do you correl- Are you familiar with that, and do you correlate that with the Earth receiving more downloads of scalar energy, scalar light that will be influencing uh, or raising the natural uh, resonance or vibration of the planet as well as of human beings?
1: Yes to all of that. You're correct. What is the human resonance? It's it's an extremely low frequency. Our Earth is, if you will, enveloped in that human resonance. It is changing. Um uh, it's been as low as, I think, seven, eight uh, hertz, and now they say it's it's of a higher magnitude. What does that mean to us? I don't know. But I will say the Schumann Residence is the direct download, the direct effect of a solar flare. What is a solar flare? It's, it's a projection of scalar energy that degrades eventually into electromagnetic energy. So it's always been my contention that the sun or the stars at the very center, at the core, is scalar energy. And once that scalar energy leaves the sun and the stars, it starts to degrade into electromagnetic energy, which is a solar flare. Well, it, it does seem that, that the Schumann uh, resonance has changed quite significantly. Will that continue to change? Probably with the, with the solar activity that we're seeing. What does that mean to us? Well, it's going to have an impact on all biological forms. That's that's obvious. Will the human resonance have an impact on our psychology? Sure, it will. Sure, it will. Why is this happening? I don't know. Why are we having this, this if you will, this plethora of solar flares? I don't know.
0: Well, I appreciate the humility there, and and just from the from the perspective of your understanding and and observation, and it does align for me and correlate with others who would identify more as channels and receive more information about the nature of um our existence or or where we may be going in this larger game at play and and they uh, might say that it is simply um aligned for the consciousness of the planet if you will to evolve and to expand and from the perspective of energetics that would look like increasing or raising Uh, the vibration. So it it would not be seen as random or coincidental, but in alignment with a sort of divine intelligence or plan for uh, the planet to uh, rise in scalar energy or uh, consciousness or density. Uh, And as a result, allow for the rise in the consciousness of all human beings, not without its uh, hiccups along the way, which I've heard many refer to as increased natural disasters and and potentially um, upheaval in other ways, which we are not unfamiliar with at this time, but ultimately leading to uh, that state of grace that that you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, that's very pithy and that's that's very precise. Sadly, we, the world is going through these birth pangs right now. There's a great deal of misunderstanding. I've always said you know, mankind's greatest enemy is mankind, and the greatest obstacle to progress is fighting. If, if we were enlightened, and we understood one another better, and we realized what, what needs to be some type of common objective here, we, we would not have this contention that we have in the world. So I think that's an obvious statement. So what's my point? Scale energy is the one energy, is the primal energy that should unite us. You can't divide one. So as a unifying force, that's what scalar energy is. It should unite mankind.
0: So maybe it truly is the influx of scalar light that will see that will support the enlightenment of uh, the planet and uh, our collective. Bravo! I hope so.
1: I, I will say that the word illumination that we've used for centuries really is is a, a function of scalar energy. When we are illuminated. We're really given this grace by God. Illumination, scalar intelligence really can distinguish us as, a, if you will, as as advanced, as enlightened. So I believe this is a gift from God, scalar energy. I believe our thoughts are scalar thoughts. And those of us who are really enlightened are going to work along those lines. I realize we have difficulties today where we really have to parse this out and solve the problem, if it's one problem at a time. Uh, my contention is, scalar energy should solve many problems.
0: Let there be light, as they <laughs> yes. say. Yes. Let there be light. Um, all right, Tom. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, and it has definitely uh, expanded uh, the, uh, some of the conversation that I have on here, though it's not completely uh, alien, for lack of a better word, to some of the things that I align with personally and that I and that I sense is true and is coming for us. So uh, is there anything else at all you'd like to say as we start to wrap up our conversation here today? And uh, where can people find you if you'd like them to?
1: The website is scalarlight.com. S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. If you will, people, our website gives away 15 days of free sessions, scalarlight.com. And I do that because I want to introduce this to the world. So visit our website, read up on what we're doing. If you are comfortable, submit, email us your photograph, and we'll work with you for 15 days. We'll balance your chakras, and we'll eradicate your pathogens, and then you decide how you feel. It's a unique process. My instruments are unique. I need your feedback. This has never been done before. It's all cutting edge. So by all means, visit our website.
0: Beautiful. Thanks so much, Tom. And maybe I'll send you my photo as well to uh, to start to receive some of those uh, scalar downloads and, and purification.
1: Thank you, doctor.
0: And uh, yeah, thanks again for your time. And uh, happy to have you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening. If you liked the episode and would like to support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen. And if you'd like to connect further, feel free to reach out on Instagram, my website, or my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Atkins, where for $5 a month, you can gain access to all sorts of exclusive benefits and offerings for the Be The Vessel community. This includes live channeled events, a new healing series podcast, and more. Until then, May you be the light, the frequency, and the vessel for your highest vision.